Is indie hacking really dead or has it just gotten harder? I talked to Peter Levels on this show earlier this week, and he had several controversial ideas that he shared with me during our conversation. But indie hacking being dead? That was probably the most controversial of them all. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder. Today, we will dive into what is a pretty meaningful and identity-creating term for us digital entrepreneurs, the life and death of indie hacking. Thank you to Acquire.com for sponsoring this episode. More on that later. Now, let's take a look at indie hacking and see if it's still kicking. The conversation around this whole topic started a couple weeks ago with a tweet by Peter Levels. He said indie hacking is dead, and he mentioned more competition, less community, and saturated niches, all leading to the demise of indie hacking. I've come to a conclusion here too, along with others who've been in this field for a while. Indie hacking, as we know it, is actually dead, but just as we know it not as it's going to be moving forward, because it is still going strong. But it has changed quite a bit from what it was in 2016 or so when it became a term. And that's really just seven years old at this point. In the past, building this indie software tool, what indie hacking is all about, in a niche without much competition and just expecting easy growth, well, that was possible. There was a lot of fertile and underserved market ground to be had. That easy way, that is dead now. There may still be unexplored corners and niches in the market, but the way to go about it has changed significantly. That said, indie hacking as a way of life is more life than ever, and it's still indie, still self-funded, unencumbered by organizational restrictions, and it's still revenue-driven, but the hacking part in indie hacking, skipping steps in the playbook, that is over. So what is that about indie hacking? Well, a strong sense of community that kept people from competing with each other. That's dead. If it ever truly existed, it's gone now. Nowadays, people are more likely to clone each other's work after sharing it on Twitter or something or discussing it there than ever before. Most successful indie hackers see copycat attempts on a weekly basis. What protects them against this army of clones, the clone army, is having figured out distribution. People like Peter Levels, who I talked to on the podcast about the death of indie hacking, succeed by building in public, experimenting with ideas, sharing their progress, and building an audience around themselves as entrepreneurs, not just their businesses. It's less likely that your first product will be successful without this kind of distribution because you're pretty much competing with equally skilled founders who aren't not just good technicians, but also understand how important social media and being a personal brand has become to the buying decisions of their prospective customers. And that's true for customers like small individual customers or corporate enterprise customers. It matters who we buy from much more than it did in the past. If you build an indie business in a kind of hype-based field like AI or audience building, your competition is extremely strong. And you have no technical advantage here because you're effectively building on somebody else's platform. OpenAI or Twitter or Shopify, you depend on a much bigger business to run your own on. And they don't really care much about you, those platforms. They will allow you to work with them, but they're not going to go out of their way to promote your thing. 
You need your own distribution to be successful. And this reminds me of Rob Walling's stair-stepping approach. He suggests to start small, with tiny projects and plugins before building a larger product, a SaaS, or building a portfolio along the way. And more importantly, building this feeling and the platform for distribution that you need for this. And funnily enough, Rob introduced this concept of stair-stepping in 2015, before indie hacking was a big thing or thing at all. Back to the basics, I guess. Indie hacking has matured along the way. It's now indie entrepreneurship rather than hacking your way into growth. The, the hacking part has diminished. Growth hacks in general are so common now that they're nothing special anymore. They're really not even hacks. They're just somebody else's playbook. And we have books too, right? Guides to indie hacking exist. And I've written several of them myself. And many people follow them as strategies for building businesses and legacies. So what else does indie hacking require now other than distribution? Well, more than ever before, it requires a specialized niche. You must be specific in your choice of market because you're going to be competing with other indie hackers who may be more nimble in serving their customers or quicker to build their products. The only advantage that will be hard for them to emulate is your expertise. So indie hacking isn't for those without prior experience anymore. Even if you're an experienced developer, that doesn't guarantee success in building a software business. It doesn't even mean that you will succeed in building developer tools as your product. You have to be extremely specific and knowledgeable in what you want to solve and who this will help. This is now requirement, not a nice to have anymore. Before you start coding your indie software product, you need to gain experience in the industry that you care about and where you solve problems. You need to understand its dynamics, the politics, the needs, the regulations, everything that shapes the ecosystem. Your advantage comes from your expertise in the field, because successful indie hackers usually have a large following or are experts in one particular field. The following tends to be a result of being an expert there. The best way to start both of these things when you're just starting out well, and this is going to be disappointing, get a job. Learn from the expertise of people around you and then share that learning journey with other people that are on the same trajectory as you are, slowly build up the knowledge and reputation that will eventually end up being your distribution platform. Your first project is probably best a side project while you work, a full-time, part-time, freelance, whatever kind of job in that industry. If you're already experienced in a certain industry, you have to focus on business ideas related to that field. Source these problems from within the communities that you live in. I call this embedded entrepreneurship, which is my second book. The idea is that if you know a field and if you understand the dynamics in it, you will see where people's complaints or people's ask for help, people's suggestions to each other, where they indicate the lack of a product that you can build. But you need to be an expert or at least as somebody who wants to be an expert in that field to get there, right? Let's say you work in publishing or you worked in publishing before you wanted to be an indie hacker, as an example here. If you want to start, well, look for platforms with plug-in compatible marketplaces like Shopify. For example, you could create a tool that helps publishers, your field of expertise, sell their books better on e-commerce platforms. Or you could build a plugin for WordPress that allows you to create attractive book sales pages, right? If you can then sell this to those publishing platforms and allow them to build their own marketing landing pages, that's a business opportunities. These plugins might be quickly built 
right? Everybody can build these. These platforms are open and everybody is allowed to build stuff there. But your advantage is really getting your customers. You really understand them. When you provide support, they will see this. They will feel this because you understand the underlying problems. And that's what they came to you for, a solution. They try to get a solution from you. And they will see that your expertise makes it easier for them to use sticky customer. That's the idea here. So yeah, indie hacking, it has changed quite a bit. You need both distribution and expertise now. But indie hacking in its core is still about solopreneurship and building a lifestyle business without outside dependencies. That has not changed. It's just not bootstrapping a SaaS business anymore. You can see this in different ways too. Indie hacking now is a more flexible thing in terms of making money and building a business. Some people sell lifetime subscriptions or pay once use forever packages. Others offer one-time licenses and lifetime support. The way you monetize your business doesn't define indie hacking anymore. There are many ways to make money from customers and achieve that kind of independence. So is indie hacking truly dead? Well, of course not, but it has evolved and it keeps evolving. Modern indie hacking is less about like shaky MVP prototypes and more about expertise and distribution. Focus on your personal strengths, your expertise, your knowledge, right? Your experiences in the field to build a successful business in today's software business landscape. And that's it for today. I will now briefly thank my sponsor, Acquire.com. Imagine this, you're a founder who's built a solid SaaS product. That's a cool dream, right? You acquire customers and everything is generating really consistent monthly recurring revenue. The SaaS dream, the indie hacker dream, right? The problem is you're not growing for whatever reason. Maybe it's a lack of focus or a lack of skill. <laughs> Maybe you just don't know what to do. Or there's a lack of interest. You feel stuck in your business with your business. Well, what should you do? The story that everybody in our community would like to hear at this point is the long Twitter thread about how you buckled down, reignited your fire, started working on the business, not just in the business. You built an audience, you did marketing, sales, outreach, all that stuff. And six months down the road, you made a boatload of money. You've tripled your revenue and you have this hyper successful business and everybody's happy. Well, reality is unfortunately not as simple as this. And this situation that you might be in right now it looks different for every founder facing this particular kind of crossroad, but too many times the story from there ends up being one of inaction or stagnation until the business either becomes less and less valuable over time or worse, completely worthless at some point. So if you find yourself here already or you think that your story is likely headed down a similar road, I would consider a third option and that's selling your business on acquire.com because capitalizing on the value of your time today as an entrepreneur, as a founder, that's a pretty smart move. Acquire.com is free to list. They've helped hundreds of founders already. Go to try.acquire.com slash Arvid and see for yourself if this is the right option for you and your business at this point in time. Doesn't hurt to check. Thank you for listening to The Bootstrap Founder today. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-I-V-A-D-K-A-H-L. And you find my books and my Twitter course there too. If you want to support me on this show, and I would really appreciate this, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, get the podcast in your player of choice, and leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It really makes a massive difference if you show up for me there, because then the podcast will show up for other people in their feeds. And that means... They get to see it and they get to learn as well. Any of this will help the show. I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and bye-bye.